In the last six months, four major high street chains have closed in the UK in the face of fierce competition from online competitors. So is the high street dead? Will we only be buying things online? With me to discuss these issues is Jatin Kapoor, a recent Cambridge MBA graduate who is now head of the UK business for Zalando, an online fashion retailer. Jatin, thanks for joining us from Berlin. First, can you tell us a bit about what you did before the MBA? Hi, Conrad. Uh, just to start, I started in retail as a brick-and-mortar retail chain would be operating in any environment. And after a few years in ha- as having worked in different capacities in both operations as well as front-end marketing, I made a bit of a career switch and or rather say, let's say a little drastic career switch, and I went into film finance, which essentially involved first, uh, last in, first out approach. So we used to do gap financing for independent film projects and then do rights syndication. And it is at that point of time when actually I first experienced the online world. As you know, 2008, we hit the recession, and channels of traditional revenues dried up and at that point of time from that point onwards rather amazon and netflix became our primary revenue drivers and which was my first brush with an online transaction model compared to a more traditional touch and feel retail model and this was in india uh so i started in india and then moved to london so i was with universal pictures and then moved with a a smaller independent production house. Okay. I mean, I'll be interested later to find out from you how your past experiences helped you in terms of what you're doing now. But first of all, Jatin, in a world where people are buying more and more goods online and less through high street stores, how do fashion companies convey their brands to consumers? Uh, uh, the communication has actually gone through a paradigm shift in retail more so you but you might be surprised to know one thing at least about uk market that even the the online space is still dominated by the brick and mortar players which is to say that high street retailers who have been doing it successfully for so many years are also managing to sell their wares more successfully online than let's say a pure play online company and that is because a multi-channel as we call them have an advantage of convergence they can communicate to a customer in a multifold manner when i say convergence i and there are certain retail formats which are being tested as we speak you walk into, for example, let's say a Burberry store, and instead of piles and piles of shirts or trousers or other fashion stuff lying around, you see a digital wall, and then a sales agent greets you with an iPad in his or her hand. The amount of products which you can experience, which you can engage with, is much more than in, let's say, another traditional high street store and which gives the retailer uh, an ability to sell to you in a way which he did not have earlier. Just for an example, on a digital wall, even though that you would say that the touch and feel element goes missing, which is not necessarily true because as I, why I'm saying Burberry ex- example, because Burberry is essentially experimenting with this, they have digital walls in their store, wherein you are measured with whatever on the digital screen. Let's say you select a shirt and a pair of trousers and how they would actually fit on you if they were lying on a shelf, you can get a simulated image of that there. 
Mm. But how do you convey, say, touch? Because obviously, fabric—the quality of the fabric, how it feels against the skin—is also quite important. Which is true, and yeah, obviously, all the elements of touch and feel cannot be completely uh, replaced by an online model. However, the ease—it's—it's it's a convenience factor. Okay, you can touch and feel in a store, but mm-hmm. then once you order it online or you pick up from a store. You can, if you don't like it, the ability to just, from the convenience of your home, pack it back and return it is there as well. So every online retailer is offering absolute 100% retail ability, uh, return ability. So I understand that that's one element of the model which convergence does not take into account. So you're basically, if I understand you correctly, you're saying that uh, high street stores will become more like showrooms or almost fitting rooms rather than a place where they just sell. Is that right? Uh, to an extent, not just, but we can't limit to saying that they'll become just showrooms or fitting rooms. But I would say they will become more uh, touch points or hubs of catching trends or showcasing trends in addition to being a fitting room. So they will continue to play a very important role in defining where what is the next evolution of fashion is going to be. So that is an element which for which a high, you cannot get rid of a high street store and probably some time. Mm. So you, this is quite interesting um, because obviously e-commerce, the likes of Amazon have changed the distribution side tremendously. Are you saying that um, with this convergence, uh, the creative process behind coming up with a fashion design will also be changing due to this convergence? Uh, I wouldn't say the creative side would be changing, but the time involved in the creative process gets affected majorly. For example, if you were to take example of Zara, they have a 45-day complete end-to-end cycle within which then they change the product line. In this case, because the data is being captured at multiple touch points. The ability to know what new style and what new kind of product category is working with what demographics is much quicker and therefore to replace non-performing items is much faster in the lead time. And therefore, I foresee it. I, right now, Zara is not that big on convergence, but I am sure they will be putting their money in soon there as well. And this 45-day product lines lead time which they have right now to come down substantially mm. so Jatin final word um, what's your advice to to MBAs who want to move into the e-commerce startup world um, well all the best it's always <laughs> it's an exciting phase to be in I not I not say that that it's easy or difficult all I would say is be focused on two things one know your customer and the solution you are selling to the customer extremely well before selling, like because e-commerce is one place where all side fits all solutions don't work. Mm-hmm. And secondly, or rather the more importantly, I would say to build a sustainable e-commerce business, have a pull focus rather than a push focus. We've seen a lot of startups, Groupon or some fashion competitors, which started with a bang and a big push focus and then as down the line found it extremely difficult to become sustainable mm. so f- what is to- a push focus uh, what's the difference between push and pull okay so push focus is i have lots of money in my pocket whether it's my own or debt 
and I spend it to acquire customers without taking into account whether they I'll be able to have them returning to my shop. Mm-hmm. I am essentially incentivizing customers or I'm buying customers from the market. Mm-hmm. While the pull focus is the it is, let's say, absolutely aligned to the retail model, which is to buy. And in this case, the customer is buying from me rather than me buying the customer. A customer is buying into my promise, into my solution. So the customer is being pulled towards my offering rather than me pushing my offering to the customer. Mm. So your advice to uh, MBA graduates would be to A, start with the customer and start pulling the customer in through your products, your services, your entire brand experience. Is that right? Exactly. It should be that the customer should want want to engage with your brand rather than you making the giving a customer an incentive to just have an engagement with you. The want factor has to be from the customer's side rather than from your side. Well, Justin, I, I said it was the the final question, but I, I just have one more question, which was, you've got such a fascinating background, first in retail and then in film financing. Um, how has your past experiences in these two very different areas helped you in your current uh, role in online fashion? Well, essentially, actually, it's, let's say, serendipity, but it's really helped me tremendously because I started in a traditional brick and mortar format so I understood the operational constraints of running and setting up running and managing such a business and then as I said once the traditional avenue started drying up I had no option but to learn how to use the online space to build it as a transactional model and where I am right now the industry is primed to use or combine both these traditional transaction model as well as the virtual transaction model. So I would say that in hindsight, even though there were not conscious decisions, but at this point of time, they've been proving to be very fruitful. Sounds like a very exciting time for you, Jatin. So thank you very much for calling in from Berlin. And uh, I'm quite sure that many of the listeners, people who are thinking of taking an MBA or thinking about careers would, uh, in the online space will find this advice very useful. Thanks and very much, Jatin. Thanks a lot, Conrad.